center of the universe. He's the welcome to Thrive Time with Dr. Z and Blake Clock 2. They can tell you all of the rules. We started from the bottom, now we hit. We started from the bottom and we'll show you how to get here. We started from the bottom, now we hit. We started from the bottom, now we show on your radio and i am fired up for today's podcast Woo. and broadcast because we are interviewing the man the myth and the legend the Get man who uh really his success is one whale of a tale uh, it is jonah, jonah berger the best-selling author of contagious why things catch on uh marshall morris you're the uh the co-author of the amazon best-selling book start here have you read contagious by jenna berger i i've read contagious uh he talks about the steps and uh the different uh reasons or the six different principles for why things catch on uh which i think is just phenomenal the book blew my mind and, and i the reason why i was a little I, I i get skeptical about reading business books people are always suggesting certain business books but when i looked into this guy's resume uh, here's the guy. He is a Wharton Business School professor. Right. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and he uh, earned his PhD from Stanford. And so I thought, well, I'll read the book. Maybe. And in his book, uh, again, Contagious, he talks about Blend Tech and how that caught on, and uh, the song Friday, how that caught on. And he has so many great stories in this book. But uh, now we have the myth, the man, the legend on the actual podcast. Without any further ado, our exclusive interview with Jonah Berger, the New York Times bestselling author of Contagious, Why Things Catch On. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Thrive Time Show on your radio and your podcast download. And Dr. Z, on today's show, I am so excited to have today's guest, Jonah Berger, because he wrote one of my favorite books, Contagious. You don't often catch a unicorn. We don't often catch don't a unicorn, but we have a unicorn on today's show. So, Mr. Jonah Berger, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you know, you had a massive success throughout your career, but I, I'm I'm curious for all the listeners out there. We have so many entrepreneurs, hundreds of thousands of people that download the podcast. Can you kind of share with us your career before? You became a Wharton Business School professor and a New York Times bestselling author. What, were, what was life like for you growing up? Uh, you know, I, I grew up studying math, science, and computer science, so the sort of the hard sciences of the world. I went to like one of those magnet schools and took it AP courses and, and all the sort of more technical stuff. And I, I always found it interesting, um, but I always felt more of a pull from the social sciences. I got to college. I took some courses. I started to find psychology. I started to find human behavior more interesting. And I wondered, you know, could we apply these same hard science techniques of, you know, rigorous experimentation and statistics and all these other things? Could we apply them to sort of big social questions like why certain brands become popular, how word of mouth works, why why things go viral and why some businesses are successful. And so started studying actually New York Times articles a number of years ago, did a paper on that and, and built from there. And so it's been an amazing journey. Uh, have have learned lots of things along the way and have been so excited and honored to be able to share some of those things with uh, with folks like your listeners. You know, you um, are, are got, you're an author, uh, you're a business professor, and there's a lot of business professors. There's a lot of business authors, but very few stand out. 
And so many entrepreneurs that we work with, they struggle to get their product or service to stand out in a crowded marketplace. Yet, love it or hate it, uh, you wrote in your book, Contagious, you did an in-depth case study about it, but Rebecca Black's song, Friday, was a massive hit that stood out that most of us cannot get out of our head, even if we wanted to. How, how was she able to get her song to stand out, and, and how have you been able to stand out as an author? You know, Rebecca Black, everyone hates the song, um, uh, (laughs) but it's a great example of something we call a a trigger. Um, And so if I said peanut butter and, and I asked you what word came to mind, most people would say jelly. jelly. Or if I said rum and, most people would fill in the blank with the word Coke. Some things remind us of other things, movies and popcorn, cookies and milk. Um, They trigger us. They're like little environmental reminders to cause us to think of something. And actually, the same thing is true with Rebecca Black's song. So love it or hate it, if you look at the data, every Friday there's a big spike in shares uh, of that song. And there's actually a more recent version uh, of this with Geico's uh, ad for Hump Day. So some of you may remember a couple of years ago, Geico has this message with a camel in it where, uh, you know, it's walking around an office going, what day is it? What day is it? Super annoying camel. And then at the end, you know, the woman goes hump day and the camel goes, well, I'm super excited because it's hump day. Uh, and, you know, it links uh, Geico to Wednesday. And if you look at the data, huge spike every Wednesday for that message. Again, like it or hate it, Wednesday rolls around just like peanut butter reminds you of jelly. The day reminds you of that piece of content, and so you're more likely to share it. And so I think the the big idea for the entrepreneurs out there is not only do people like your stuff, but the question is when are they going to think about your stuff, right? What is your peanut butter? What's the thing in the environment that's going to remind people of you even when you're not around? It doesn't have to be a day of week. It can be a time of day. It can be something else in the environment. Kit Kat linked themselves to coffee and saw a huge spike in sales because when people drink coffee and they drink it a lot, more of them now think about Kit Kat. And so what is that thing that you want to remind people of you? What's the when when you want to come to mind to make sure the environment reminds them so that even if you don't have a lot of resources, you come to mind and you're more likely to get chosen and purchased? There are so many uh, business professors. Over the years, I've, I've been asked to speak at a lot of universities and, and a lot of, uh, for about a, you know, top of Fortune 500 companies, that kind of thing. When I speak at these events, there's so many authors and so many professors I've met, but you've been able to stand out with your career. Can you, can you share with us how you've been able to make your books stand out? Because your book caught my attention. I read Contagious. It blew my mind. I love that book. How have you been able to stand out? Yeah, it's a a great question. And I try and I don't always succeed, but I try a lot to think about my audience. Um, It's really easy to focus on what we're good at, right? So uh, I'm a researcher. I spend a lot of time thinking about is the research any good? Uh, Journalists spend a lot of time thinking about is the writing any good? Entrepreneurs spend a lot of time thinking about is their product, you know, the most high tech or do they have really good service? And all those things are important. But sometimes we spend less time thinking about our customer and, and what that customer needs. And so, you know, when I'm writing a book, I spend a lot of time thinking not only is the research good, but how can I deliver that research in a way that people will find engaging and, and actionable? And so I think the same thing is true for entrepreneurs. You know, yes, your product needs to be good, but you also need to think about how to pitch that product in a way your customer can understand. Too often we talk a lot in a language that we understand. We talk a lot in terms of features, right? What we think the features of a product or service are. We spend less time on the benefits. And, and, you know, the customer or client doesn't care about features. They care about what it's going to do for them. What are the benefits for them and, and their lives? And so I think the more we think about them, the more customer-centric, the more effective we'll be. You know, you've previously said, or at least you've, you've written, that people don't need to be paid to be motivated. Again, you've said and you've written, people don't need to be paid 
to be motivated. What what do you mean by this? You know, it's funny. I was just teaching uh, this afternoon to a bunch of execs at the Wharton School, um, and this question came up as well. And I think people have this notion that word of mouth often means referral bonuses. You know, uh, I have a company and I want people to talk about it, so I need to pay people to talk about me. I'll pay them $10 to refer a new customer. I'll give them half off that they bring someone else in. That the only way to get more word of mouth is to pay people to talk. And certainly that's one way to get people to talk, but it's often very expensive. And when you stop paying people, they stop talking. What's much more effective than monetary incentives is is social incentives or understanding why people talk in the first place and inserting yourselves in in those conversations. Let me give you another fun example from uh, the steps framework from the book. We talked about triggers already, but another principle is what's called social currency. And the idea behind social currency is very simple. The better something makes us look, the more likely we are to talk and the more likely we are to share, right? People love sharing things that make them look good. Uh, if, you know, uh, if you have a lot of followers on social media, sometimes you tell people, you point it out. Um, if uh, you're high status, you tell other people because that's the only way to get status, right? Status is only valuable if other people know that you have it. Some people always talk about being frequent flyer this and platinum that and gold that. If you have an American Express black card, you almost want to wear it around your neck so everybody can see it. Status is only good if it's observable. What that means is that one way to get people to talk about and share something is to make them look good, right? Too often we think we need to pay them. What about just making them look good? Many people talk about things just because it makes them look good to talk about it or share it. Just one more example of this. A few years ago, Beyonce came out a new album, no advertising. All she did was put it on social media because she knew people would want to be the first person to tell their friends about it. When you know about something that not everyone else knows about, it makes you look smart, it makes you look special, but you have to talk about it to get that social currency. And so as entrepreneurs, we need to think about how can we make our customers feel special? Not how do we look, right? But how does that customer or client look when they talk about us? The more ahead of the curve, the more like an insider, the more smart and special they look, the more likely they'll be to talk and share, and the more likely they'll bring us along for the ride. Jonah, in your book, Contagious, you wrote that the you talked about this controversial observation about that you said that going viral isn't random, magic, or luck. It's a science. So when I first read that, I thought, what? What? And now I read it again. It says, going viral isn't random, magic, or luck. It's a science. Could you break down for us and for all the listeners out there what you mean by that? Yeah, so... We have this tendency, just as you articulated, to think it's random, it's luck, or it's chance. You have to bottle lightning. You have to get lucky. The, the, you know, the, all the forces have to be right, and, and then something will go viral. But that's actually not the case. We've looked at thousands of pieces of online content, tens of thousands of brands, and millions of purchases. And again and again, we see the same six factors come up. Right? They're the, the steps that I talk about in Contagious, these ideas of social currency, triggers, emotion, public practical value and stories. And each of those is a psychological principle that that drives why people talk and why they share and leads all sorts of products and services and ideas to catch on. There's there's a math, a science, almost a formula, a recipe for getting people to share. Can that recipe guarantee that anything you build will get 10 million views? No, but it can guarantee that more people will share your stuff. And I actually think more than going viral, the goal is actually each one reach one. And how can we make each customer, each client, each mm. person that touches us, our brand, more likely to share with just one other person? Because if each of your clients brought in just one new client, 
uh, with with them, you'd be much more successful. So, so let me ask you this: Your your book, Contagious. Um, you you talk about uh, that, that book was powerful for me with my businesses because it really taught us specific uh, systemic steps we could put into our workflow to help us uh, create more word of mouth business, and that was that was powerful for us. And so, I think the world wants to know. What is the big project you're working on now, my man? That that book was so uh, the, the book was such a game changer. What's your what's your new project you're working on right now? You know, I'm actually working on a new book. Uh, it's all about changing uh, people, uh, how you can change anyone's mind, uh, not by pushing people harder. Often, when we think about change, we think about pushing more. We think about incentives. It's actually about removing the barriers to change. Uh, it's called the catalyst. Uh, and if you think about catalysts in the chemical world. They work not by pushing molecules together, by raising the temperature, but they actually lower the energy for change to take place. They work not by pushing more, but by making it easier for change to happen. And we all have change that we want to happen. You might want to change the customer's mind. You might want to change the boss's mind. You might want to change the action that people take. Nonprofits change the world. Uh, how can we make change happen? Not by pushing more, but by making it easier for it to occur. And that's what I'm working on at the moment. I can hardly. Hey, Dr. Z here. I can hardly wait to read that book, Jonah. Now, if our listeners want to learn more about you and your most current projects, where, where how do they find you? Where do they get your book? Give us the give us the four one one. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so uh, you can find me online. Uh, website is just Jonah J O N A H Burger B E R G E R dot com uh, at J One Burger on on Twitter. Uh, and the books are available wherever books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you take your pick. They're they're all there. Perfect. And, and I've got and I've got another oh, little side, oh. kind of a sidebar question here for you. So you're sitting there, you're a young man, and you're thinking, I should write a book. I've got a book inside me. What was your process in writing your book? How did you, how did you tackle that? What motivated you to do it? Give us a little insight in, into the, the pre-writing of your book. You know, I wish I could say it was easy, that I just sat down and just, you know, genius pours, pours forth <laughs> every time I sit in front of a blank computer screen. That uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, it was a very difficult process, very hard. Um, uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about how to best express the ideas, what are the right ideas, and what are the ways to best express them. But it was a big challenge, and, and actually that's part of the reason I, I did it. Um, I thought, you know, I, there's some great science out there, but most people aren't aware of it. Um, and could I do something that helps more people learn about that science? And so it was a big challenge. Um, it, uh, you know, has certainly been hard for me to do, but I've learned something from the, from, uh, the process. And, you know, I think challenges just make us stronger. And so I'm hoping the same will be true with the next book. Jonah, if you're looking for a book title for your uh, fourth book, uh, I think Whale of a Tail is an unsolicited <laughs> idea for you there. Is that available still? I'm, I'm not just sure. thinking of the uh, viral word of mouth stories, Whale of a Tail of Jonah Berger. I think that could really Jonah catch and on. Jonah Whale, I like it. I like there, it a lot. Well, Jonah, I appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to go taser myself because I'm, I'm super excited about having you on the show today. It's been an honor to have you here. And your book, uh, Contagious, for me, is a book that sincerely made a big impact in, in my businesses. And I... Thank you for, for taking the time to be here with the Thrive Nation, and we'd love to have you on again to talk about your new book when it comes out. Do you have a, a deadline kind of picked out of when that book's going to be released? Uh, not not this coming year, probably early 2020. It's a, it's a process, but it should be out in early 2020. Well, brother, thank you for being on the show today. And, uh, again, the Thrive Nation, we love, we love having you on here. I know Z's excited to have you on there, and uh, we cannot wait for your new release. Well, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Well, Chup, that was Jonah Berger. It just happened. It blew my mind. I, but still, I've kind of duct-taped my gray matter back into my cranium. 
I was able to duct tape it back together. And <laughs> I so we, I, I, I still, we still need to be cognitively present uh, enough to end the show with a boom. Well, we can't just, we can't get so. This guy is a, is a titan, so I think it deserves a big boom. Okay, so I, I'm now mentally, emotionally, psychologically ready to end the Marshall? show with a boom. I'm ready. Jonathan, Marshall, you ready? ready? Okay, so here we go. Three, Three two, two, one, boom! boom.